I always tell people this. If uh, if you have no fear in your dreams and in your business endeavors, then it's not big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Ed Love grew up on the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. The youngest of six siblings, Ed was determined not to be another hopeless statistic from the inner city. In high school, where he gained a reputation for singing, DJing, and being a class clown, Ed also knew he wanted more out of life. Using his jokes and charm, Ed won over his high school sweetheart and now wife, Mrs. Love, and soon after graduating high school, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and was well on his way to building a career in the telecommunications industry. After 20 years in the telecommunications industry, Ed decided to change careers and discovered his passion for film. Ed's first film, I Tried to Give Up, has been received well in several film festivals and continues to win over audiences across the southeastern United States. Ed has also a second film coming out, Courage to Stand, and episode one of a TV sitcom, Apartment 5210, with several other film and TV series in production. If you live in the Central Florida area, Ed will be premiering his film, Courage to Stand, on February 17th at the AMC Theater in Altamont Springs. You may even see a special someone in the film. Shout out to Ed for letting me be part of this project. I will have all the details on purchasing tickets in the show notes. Now, let's get started. Ed, welcome to the guest chair. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. So I just want to start from the beginning. Let's talk about your childhood. Tell us, how did growing up shape your creative journey? Yeah, I had a a, a great uh, upbringing. Um, my, it was a single mom that raised six kids. Uh, I was the youngest of six. We didn't have a lot. We were very, very poor, but I had a very exciting uh, childhood being the, the youngest child. So I was spoiled. <laughs> Uh, I had a lot of friends. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was it was interesting growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. But as far as my uh, creativity, I was always a, a clown, a class clown. But uh, I was a thinker and I was always creative in my making people laugh and just entertainment alone. And so it, it, it rears from my childhood. What I'm doing now goes all the way back some 40 years to my childhood. So were you when you were in grade school or in elementary school, were you acting and were you trying to were you already excited about being behind the camera? Uh, I really wasn't excited about being behind the camera. Um, I'm not. I don't think I'm an actor. I just at that time like to act silly. But I loved entertainment. Uh, I was in several talent shows uh, as a singer and tried to do some stand up comedy. 
um, when in my younger years. But as I got older, you know, life came around with children and wife. And and so a lot of things I had to put to the side. But um, I, I always knew it was in me, the entertainer in me. And uh, now that I'm a little older, I'm on the other side of entertainment, which is producing the entertainment. So when was that switch? When did you decide you were tired of living the life you had created for yourself that was not entertainment based and go and go and fulfill that dream that you had inside of you? That that's that was interesting because uh you know my my first child was born when I was in high school. So my my dreams had to be put on hold at a very early age. And and I did that out of personal responsibility uh to raise my children. Um, so for me, because I uh, uh, started a family at a very, very young age, it wasn't until I entered into my 30s before I became um, what I consider kind of stable uh, in my life financially, um, you know, with my wife and the children who were getting older. So it was in my late, late 30s. Uh, I'm 48 now, but it wasn't until my late 30s before I really decided, okay, it's time to grab a hold of those dreams and start running with them. So how does one do that? How does one wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to go do it? It really is about um, the power of uh, thinking independently. It really is. And we're, we're, we're and, and I don't want to use the word program, but you know, being reared, you 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 know your parents teach you certain things, then you go to school, and your teachers uh, teach you things, and professors kind of guide you. So you're never really kind of thinking for yourself. You're you're thinking, okay, this is what I must. Uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. They're telling me I need to go and get an education. They're telling me I need to study this because that's the latest in technology and I need to go to college and I need to do all this. And so um, while I did a, a lot of those things, it wasn't until, again, I was in my late 30s before I started thinking for myself. So it really is in the power of your independent thought. Can you really think for yourself and make decisions for yourself and not based on what you know, society says or believes you should be doing. Well, you left your job, right? And and you went back to school. So how did how did that even conversation with yourself and your family go about making that making that transition? Because that's a big transition to make. It, it, it's a very, very <laughs> yes, <daunting>. yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do what I did. Um, basically, I, I had a very good career with uh, with a local telecommunications company. Actually, it's 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 international telecommunications company, and and I did very well, and I worked for them for a long time. And then one day in two thousand five, uh, I decided. This isn't for me. I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this. And uh, and and I quit. I turned in my resignation. And let me tell you, my wife, my five kids, uh, my my peers from all across the nation, because this was an international company, they were calling and saying, "What in the world did I just get an email on? I cannot believe you're doing this." You know. And I I was very high up in the company. But I had no joy in going to work every day. And that was in 2005 when I started uh, a local business here in Orlando. And I walked away from a very secure, very well-paying corporate job to, to do what makes me happy. And I haven't looked back since. So you started you started this business to, you know, to support yourself, but you hadn't started it when you quit. 
No, no. I mean, I, 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 in this business was in computers. I, I am a computer geek. I, I still have a room full of parts. I love taking computers apart and fixing them. And it was just, it just came natural to me. And, uh, and so I remember a neighbor of mine, uh, an older gentleman, uh, and I was working for the, the telecom company. He, he gave me, I believe it's like 50 bucks to fix his computer. And I went over there and fixed it for him and his wife and not expecting anything. They're, they're my neighbors. He just had an issue and I was able to fix it. And he really forced me to take this $50. And, and so I took it, I put it in my pocket and, and it was a couple of days. My wife and I were out and about. And this money was in my pocket and we, you know, maybe wanted something small, maybe some ice cream or something. I pulled out this $50 and it kind of clicked. It was like, wow, I just, I just got paid to, to do something that comes natural to me and I love it. And, uh, and, and that was it. Uh, when I decided to quit telecom or corporate America, I said, I can do computers and make money. And so that's what I did. I opened up a couple of computer stores in Orlando. And then that was the journey before my media journey, which I'm sure we'll get to. Okay. So you went from corporate America and then you start, you became an entrepreneur and then tell us how, what happened next? Okay. What happened next? The computer business was going, going well. Um, you know, as you know, everyone has a computer or, or wants a computer. So, uh, the business was there and, uh, it was one day I was, um, working in a, I go to a local church here in Orlando and I was a part of, uh, uh, the team that started this church in Orlando. And one, one Sunday, uh, the pastor asked if I could work the camera to record the message. And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, you know, I was an electronic, I'm sure I could figure it out, but it wasn't what I did. And I turned it on and I was able to record her. And then they said, well, can you, uh, edit the video and make it pretty so we can sell it on, you know, like a DVD or something. And I said, well, I'll pull out my Windows computer and see what I can do. And uh, it was at that moment that I, I fell in love with 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 storytelling using motion pictures. It, it came so natural. I was able to edit that video and it, and everyone was like, wow, this is amazing. And this is just with basic software and the bug hit me then and there from from picking up that one camera back in, I believe it was like 2011 or 12, somewhere around there. And uh, and yes, that's how my media career started from that camera. Wow, you're, you give your wife a lot of heart attacks, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I can tell you some stories and I'm sure she can. It, it wasn't easy uh, uh, living with me and being married to me. And I've known my wife since 1986. We met in high school. And so, yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs and arounds. And uh, I'm just thankful that she's still with me. <laughs> So tell us. So then you you found this love. You found this love at church, uh, putting together this film. So and what happened next? You went home, told your wife, and what what spurred after that conversation? Well, the the uh, the video started taking off. People in church started seeing these edits, and they were asking questions: Who's doing this for you? And who's making this video? And and all this. And so my name got out there for. Uh, doing video production, video editing and recording. And so as an entrepreneur, I'm like, hey, how can I turn this into a business? So I, I created some plans and some pricing structures. And it was about a year uh, doing dual roles, doing computers and media um, before I sat down with my wife and says, you know what? This media thing is huge. and I'm getting a lot of work. 
And, um, you know, um, maybe we should consider, uh, you know, thinking about the media business. And and what I like to do before I make a major decision is I, I take like a sabbatical. I'll go away by myself to a resort or something for about four or five days. And I do this annually just to think and, and get a clear head and, and make the next move. And, and so that's what my wife suggested. Hey, just take off, go somewhere. And when you come back, we talk and we make a decision. And uh, when I got back, I said, hey, we, we're going to start a media company. And that's exactly what we did. So I want to ask, where did you get your entrepreneurial side from? Like, where did you where did you first notice that you had this entrepreneurial spirit in you and you could go out and just fearlessly open businesses and start new start new endeavors? You know, these are really great questions um, because I knew this back when I was about uh, eight years old that uh, I would one day be a, a business owner. And, and it's because of my upbringing. We didn't have a lot. And so back in the hood, we call it hustling. And I was a hustler. I was out there and I figured out ways to make money. I mean, from standing on the corner, just flat out asking, hey, can you give me a quarter or 50 cents to creating things, you know, out of uh, uh, my favorite thing was creating bicycle, little bicycles out of the bread wrapper, you know, the little ties that go around the bread. The yeah. little, yeah, I the used to make, ties. yeah, I used to make, uh, not, well, not the red ones, the little. Um, oh, the plastic ones that yeah. snap on. I used, oh, no, no, that's what no. I thought you it was oh. <laughs> it was the long string ones. I, I forget what they call it, but they twist around the bag. Yes. And I used to make those into bicycles and I used to sell them for five cents. You know, hey, can you give me a nickel for this? Ten cents. And that started way back when I was, you know, eight, nine years old. And it just stuck with me all through high school. And and so while other people, unfortunately, had an illegal way of hustling, I, I, I made it legal. And so uh, as I got older, um, I kind of transitioned into being an entrepreneur and, uh, and just, this is where I'm at right now. Do you ever feel scared or a sense of fear or do you, are you very confident? Cause you put it, you, you know, you have the skill set to go do it. I, I always tell people this, if, uh, if you have no fear in your dreams and in your business endeavors, then it's not big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I get scared quite often, but I also look back at my uh, successes and where I come from. And, uh, and, and each time I'm more and more impressed with what I decide to do. And that gives me that faith to keep on. But, oh yes, there's plenty of nights I go to sleep, you know, waking up. Okay. You know, cause this is all I do. Um, I, I don't have, you know, uh, a corporate job with, with health insurance and all that good stuff. This is what I do. So, um, like the Bible says, if a man don't work, he doesn't eat. So I have to continue this grind. But yes, to answer your question, uh, I have plenty of days where I have a little fear in me, but I know everything's going to be all right. So going back to so you going back to the media thing, you t- you and your wife had the conversation. You decided to start a media company. What did that look like? Um, well, we we came up with the name, and she knew it was going to have eight nine in it, and it was real simple, just eight nine media. <laughs> and uh, and then she said, "Well, what are you going to do?" And I said, "Well, right now I'm going to do video editing and and video live production because that's what I'm doing right now, and that's what people are paying for." And so that's what I did. We came up with. Um, pricing structure and, uh, you know, did the business cards and we found an industrial location in Apopka. Our first commercial location was in Apopka. 
And um, and I just started selling my services. And these were the things that I can do with my own hands. I didn't have to rely on anyone else. And it worked. People were calling, people were uh, emailing, and we were invoicing and, and everything just worked out. And then from that point, we decided to look at other areas and branch out. And so that's that's what we did. So you decided, uh, you started this media company, you had these clients coming in, you were doing really well. When did you take the time off to go to school? Whew, that was, uh, <laughs> that was, was enough. it like immediately or was it, was it after a few years? It, it was after a few years. Um, it was, uh, I actually went back to school in 2015. And the reason why is we, we, the media company was doing well, the video production or the video editing was all going well. And then I decided to try and do an actual film to tell a story. And I said, let me try this. And I tried to do that. And for me, it, it, it failed um, miserably. It was like, wow, you don't have a clue what you're doing. And I'm like, but I love this. I want to tell stories with moving picture. And, uh, and, and I decided, I said, you know what, if this is what you want to do, you need to really get a foundation, a strong foundation, and then build upon it. And so I started doing my research of video schools. I mean, at the, you know, I'm, I'm a dad of five <laughs> and a husband and, and, you know, and I have to support them. So it, it wasn't an easy decision, but, but thankfully the business did so well that we financially, we were okay and we could take this kind of a risk. And, uh, and I decided on a school and in 2015, I enrolled full time and, and put the business, I didn't put the business aside. I just worked a lot of overnight hours to meet, you know, deadlines and all that. But I did it two years, full time, very intense film program. And I, and I did it. How long? So, cause you said it was intense. I just want to get an idea of how many hours were you in school a week? Um, the film program, the, the, there's two parts. There's the, uh, uh, initial part, learning just the basics of film. That was normal classes. Uh, I spent maybe six hours on campus, um, you know, four days a week, typical college, you know, full-time student. The second half of the program was what they call the advanced film program. That program was Monday through Friday uh, from 8 a.m. in the morning till regular classes until about 5 p.m. But then you have your labs and then you have projects you had to complete so easily. And they and they told you that you couldn't hold down a job, which wasn't a big issue for me. But you, you would spend 12, 13 hours at school. And then in my program, we actually had a film production company come to our school and they selected a lot of the students, almost the majority, and they shipped us all up to Oklahoma for 35 days. And so um, it was very, very intense. And I look back now and, and I just, I don't know how I did it, but I did. I graduated, I got my degree and, and wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you still kept doing all the side, your side hustle too, at the same time. I did. I did. I side hustled. The business kept going. Um, uh, I, I saw a drop in maybe about 18% business only because I couldn't commit to some projects because I knew, you know, I had to go to Oklahoma. So no, I can't commit to this project, which had this dollar amount attached to it. So we did have a decline in, in revenue, but again, you know, with my wife, my wife does work and, and, and what we have done with the company financials, we were able to, to make it financially. So at this point, you've sold off your computer stores. Yes. Okay. And you're fully immersed in this program doing your two-year film study. 
Yes. Okay. And then you graduate and what happens? I graduate. Um, before I even graduated, um, we did I Tried to Give Up. That was my first film. And that was before I even graduated. And and, and it was uh, an amazing, and it was a short film, but it was very well received. We won several awards and uh, it, it was uh, it was a very good production. But uh, after I graduated, I went right into producing uh, Apartment 5210 and, uh, and we were in pre-production for Courage to Stand. So let's go back. So I Try to Give Up is about a man who's, who just gets released from prison, right? And he's trying to assimilate back with society. Exactly, exactly. So what um, inspired that? Like, where did the inspiration come to write that script? The, the, it was uh, uh, based on real life events. A gentleman actually worked for me for uh, my media company. Um, he just had a hard time. Uh, getting employment. And of course, working for me, I can't make you rich, but I, I will pay you a decent you know, salary. And I was able to give him some work. He was a very hard worker, very good worker, uh, very personable. Um, to this day, we are very close friends. But I, I gave him an opportunity to to make some money for, for his family. And, uh, and he was just you know, sometimes he would get to a point where he's like, you know, this isn't worth it. I, I need more money, you know, and, and he was he was what we call a dope boy back in the day. And and he was ready to go back to that lifestyle. And and I'm just talking to him like, hey, just hang in there. I wish I could give you more, but just hang in there. You know, believe in God. Everything's going to work out. And and that's exactly what he did. And to this day, I saw him yesterday, but uh, he's doing very well. He uh, he was able to get his. um CDL license and he he now has his own you know big tractor trailer truck and he he goes all over the US and he's doing very well his family's doing well and I'm so proud of him but his story inspired I tried to give up that's awesome. That's a, I, I, I was wondering when I was watching it, like I felt like it had to have been someone close to you because you could tell from the cinemography and the writing that there was a, there was definitely a deep connection. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And how did you see my movie? I have my ways, Ed. You know, I researched the people I'm speaking to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking it's not available to the public. <laughs> no, I well, you know, you know how we are. I, I have my own hustle too. Right. It right. might have not been a legal hustle, but I still right. got my hustle. <laughs> I know that. And it's funny because I had another interview with um with the radio station and uh and the and the DJ said the same thing. He's like, Man, the movie was great. And I'm like, Oh, so you went to the film for He's like, no, I saw it last night. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did you see it last night? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll still buy it so that you, because I, I do, I do always feel bad when I, when I find stuff, quote unquote, uh, on the DL. <laughs> I, I do understand like, this is how you make your living. And so right. I definitely need to support you. And so I will definitely, uh, definitely download it and get it the legal way as well. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, I had to see it so we could talk about it. <laughs> right, right. I know that. I could have sent you a link, but you have your ways. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess I could have just asked, huh? <laughs> and then you said right now you're working on apartment 5210? Yes, apartment 5210. That's my baby. Uh, I love that that story. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. And what's that one about? Apartment 5210. Uh, I, I'm old school. Uh, I, I, know, I wanted the, the uh, What's it called? The pre-roll? What's it called when they announce everybody? The pre-show? 
the trailer. The trailer, the, the intro. Yeah, the intro. Sorry, I should know these yeah. terminologies. I loved it. It reminded me of like Family Matters. I was like, oh yeah, look at this. You know That's exactly what I want. I wanted to go back to those late '80s, early '90s sitcoms, Sevens, and the Living Single, and the you know Family Matters. That's exactly what I wanted to to go back to. But the uh, apartment fifty two ten is based on four people living in an upscale apartment building based in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, there's one uh, couple, an older couple, that's kind of the, the uh, you know, the, 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 the one that not runs a video, but like the patriarch or the matriarch, however you want to call it. But uh, everyone seems to end up in their apartment at the end of the show um, because there's this one single young lady who's just trying to figure out life. Um, and then there's a young married couple who's going through the same struggles, you know, in, in young marriages. And then there's a single couple. So between those three couples, they end up in apartment 5210, which is the elderly um, couple's apartment, just getting advice, you know, and the, and the elderly couples kind of pouring wisdom into these younger uh, generation. But it's a it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughing. Uh, there are some uh, tear jerking scenes. Um, but it's real and it's taking it back to what sitcoms used to be back in the day. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So if you had to say a, like a, a merge of two sitcoms, which sitcoms do you think it would it would be like in a sense? Like a living single because they had several people living in that that apartment building and um, maybe Cosby show, maybe. Okay. Uh, Okay, so you you're working on these projects. So let me ask you. So as a as a person a person of color and a creative of color, what challenges have you faced? The the challenges mainly for me, and 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 part of it is a good thing, and then there's a, a minus to it. But it was it was a public perception and public reception for me. Um, I was huge um, before I started thinking for myself, concerned about what others would think. So I would not be as creative as I knew I needed to be or what I really wanted to put out there because I was so afraid of what people would come back and say. And so that kind of held me back. That that was really the challenge. I, I, I wasn't challenged, um, you know, because of my color or anything like that. I wasn't challenged that much with finances because I was, I'm older and I, I, I did okay for myself. It was mainly what is, what, 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 is, what are they going to think about this and can I really say that? Are they going to come back and say, "Oh my God, you're supposed to be a a church guy and you can't say that"? And so that really kept me from doing what I wanted to do. And and then that I woke up one day and said, "You know what? Forget this. I'm going for it." Is that is was there more to it in the sense like, did you and your wife talk about it, or did someone give you a pep talk, or was you just one day said, "I can't let my life be re- ruled by other people." Uh, I think it's a it's, it's a combination of just getting older, knowing that you accomplish things in life, and that you don't you really owe anyone. I mean, you you're always accountable to some people, but I look back at my life, and and I I'm a military veteran. I survived war. I'm married. I raised five children. My youngest is twenty now, and uh, and it's like I, I did it. I did it. So why do I care what? what you think, you know, you're, you're not, you're not the one that paid that mortgage and you're not the one that woke up at 3am to take your daughter to the emergency room. And, and so that's really what happened to me. It's like, I woke up and said, why do I care so much of what they think? They, they, they're not doing anything for me. So bump them. That's really what I said. (laughs) 
You should get shirts made that says bump them. I know, I right? That is a good quote. Because <laughs> a lot of us, a lot of us, I think, I mean, I know as a, co- a comedian, when I first started, it would always be, can I say this joke on stage? Can I say that joke on stage? Am I crossing the line? And I mean, sometimes I definitely do cross the line and people are very vocal to tell me that. Right. And, but I definitely had that, that problem too earlier on when I started, like what, what, why do I care what other people say? And I really did. And sometimes I still find myself falling back into that trap. Mm-mm. And I call it a trap because once you fall into it, you allow yourself to kind of spiral downwards. Oh yeah. And start oh, questioning yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 and it is an ongoing thing. I mean, I wake up, you know, and I'm I'm very involved in, in my church and uh and I actually was one of the founding members with with the pastor. But even with with the church, it was it was a wake up call um, because, you know, at one point you do think you're holier than thou. And and but then, you know, I woke up and I said, you know what? I love God. I love people. I have a good heart. You know, I love my family. I take care of my family. I'm not out here doing anything wrong. And uh, I'm going to live my life without regrets. And so I had to make a big switch, you know, from from the church to what what I'm doing. And I had to separate that. And it wasn't the easiest transition, but um, there are no regrets. I'm, I'm glad I, I did it and, and I'm living, I'm free and I'm living for me. What advice would you have for creatives on their journey? My advice that I would uh, um, give is, first of all, you have to identify what it is that just a burning desire inside of you. What, when you wake up, what it is that you say, you know, I really wish instead of going to this job, I could just do this. If you can identify that at an earlier age uh, in life, that that is that is key. It's not easy. It's not easy to really hone in on your purpose. A lot of people like to say purpose. Um, but if if you can hone in on that early in life, it will really give you more focus and more direction. Um, other than that, you know, uh, fail, fail forward, fail fast, fail often because you learn from those failures. Uh, I know I failed quite often. I, I, I still have areas in my life that I fail in, but I always learn from that. So don't be afraid uh, of failure. And definitely, and, and this is going to sound strange, but in, in, in our culture, in the African-American community, especially where I come from, they'll never admit this. And I wouldn't admit it back in the day, but being 48 now and having gone through all these experiences, we have a lot of people in the African-American community that really are afraid of success. Um, they would rather wallow in, in their misery than to be successful because being successful it, it it it's it's scary. It it has some fear in it, and and unfortunately, a lot of people in African American community, and they'll never say this because it won't dawn on them. But they really are afraid of success. And I and I read this book, and the quote was, "You are where you are because that's where you want to be, whether you will admit it or not." We all get up, or we all are waking every day. We, you know, if you physically have your arms and your legs and your heart is beating, you have an opportunity to go out there and really uh, do what you want to do in life. So, so I said a whole lot, but that, that really is to um, just go out there and chase down those dreams. And while you're chasing down those dreams, those successes will just happen and, and do not, do not be afraid of success. 
So people who are afraid of success, I've never actually, I've never heard the phrase, people are fearful of success. I guess if you do think you are, how do you overcome that? Well, you just have to know <clears throat> that you are very unique. Um, as as much as I admire your uh, comedy career, Shireen, I I, uh, I can't do you. You are very unique and you are the best at being you. And once you realize that, once you really look in the mirror and say, you know what? No one can be Ed Love. I am the best Ed Love ever. No one can beat me at being Ed Love. So therefore, whatever I touch, whatever I decide to do, whatever I put my hands to, I'm going to do it the best because no one can do it like me. So you really have to be convinced in your own personal abilities uh, you, you know, and then you fall back on your, 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 your success in the past. I mean, you know, there's going to be times where it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I should do this. Think back to when you tried something else new and how successful it was. We all have a testimony. We all can think back, you know, to say, wow, I did try that. I was scared to do that. But look at me now. Had I not did that, I wouldn't be here. I mean, just think about it, Shireen. Had I not walked away from a very, very, uh, well-paying telecom career, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I'm not saying that I have arrived, but what I am telling you is that my heart is filled with joy. I love waking up doing what I do. Whereas before I woke up because I knew at the end of that work week, I'm going to get a direct deposit of $5,000. You know, all my mortgages are paid. My car notes are paid, but that was it. Now I wake up and it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to plan this or plan that. And it's joy. And that's the, the, the key is, is it's your joy. And, and they always say no amount of money can buy joy. And, and that is true. It gives you options. Don't get me wrong. Money gives you options. But that joy, that happiness is in what you truly love to do with your hands. So that that's my advice. What advice would you give someone who was in your shoes maybe and wants to do media or video production or producing, but can't quit their full-time job for financial reasons or healthcare reasons or whatnot? Plan, plan, plan. I definitely understand. And I would never tell anyone to just quit their job and and go do something else. But if you plan properly, if you really want to do something outside of your your lifestyle career or your lifestyle job that's taking care of your bills, is to just plan it. If you work a nine to five, when you get off at five o'clock and you get home at six and you eat dinner or whatever you do when you get home, take an hour to do some online research on film production. Maybe there are some online classes you can take. Uh, uh, you know, my route is, is, you know, you definitely have to have your ducks in a row to go to that, that type of program I went to. But, um, you know, example, I'm, I'm headed to California for a two day workshop on producing. That's something that those who have a, a nine to five and looking at getting into it, look at those two day workshops and, and invest in yourself. It's not going to be free. You got to give up some time and maybe a little money, but you can do it. Just plan. And then once you start moving, I always say this, when you start moving, the universe starts moving. So if you're just sitting there talking, not a lot's going to happen. But when you start moving, the universe moves. And before you know it, you'll be in a position to say, okay, I'm ready to walk away and do this thing full time. Yes. So we should all stop watching Handsmaid's Tale and <laughs> start working on our hustle. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> Just keep on grinding. After you finish that episode, go grind a little bit. 
No, so let's. Uh, I really appreciate everything you've said, and the advice you've given is so on point and so uh, um, helpful. Because I think a lot of people sometimes will will say to themselves, "I, I don't have the time, and I'm working." And and I, that's exactly how it was for me. It was when do I when do I make everything happen? And it's it's all about I wake up two hours before work, and I I don't get as much sleep as I used to, but I'm happier because I'm actually pursuing the things that I want to pursue. Absolutely. And it does work out like the universe somehow aligns and allows me to do everything. Yeah. And and I'll never understand it. I I stopped even trying to figure it out. But I do know this. When you start moving, things start lining up like you just mentioned. It will line up for you. So let's jump into the lightning round. Lightning round. I'm going to ask you five questions. Just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. First question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Never stop. Never stop. Just keep going. Whether you're crawling, just never stop. Who's your biggest advocate? Uh, my wife. She's, she's the biggest, biggest. Yeah. I knew that when I asked that. I was like, no, don't ask that. Wait. <laughs> 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 Who inspires you and why? Uh, you know what? For Real quick, since this is lightning round, I would have to say uh, my pastor inspires me because of her story. She didn't quit and she went through hell. So yes, that was my inspiration. Yeah. Never quit. Keep going. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? I guess I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a habit. I don't sleep that's at all. I didn't say it had to be a good habit. <laughs> But it has helped me. <laughs> and last question. What do you want your legacy to be? I I, I just want, oh, wow. I just want people to remember me as uh, someone that, that encouraged everyone they, that I come in contact with. I, I, I want to inspire and encourage. And that's what I want to be remembered as. Not the money, none of that. Just, you know, how did I make you feel when I walked away from you? Ed, if people wanted to find you online or send you a message, how can they find you? I am a social media junkie. I am all over Facebook at EdLove89, Instagram, EdLove89, Twitter, EdLove89, um, 89media.com, and that's eight spelled out, E-I-G-H-T, the number nine, media.com. You can uh, send me a message through that website. I'm not hard to find. I'm I'm everywhere. <laughs> and if we wanted to legally download, I tried to give up because it is now available after June 1st. Where could I go get that? You can go to the website, 89media.com. That's E-I-G-H-T, the number nine, media.com. Click on the store and you'll see a digital download as well as DVD and Blu-ray. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Ed, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was very nice talking to you. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. 
From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.